0: Hey everyone, you are listening to Outnumbered the Podcast, episode 118, How to Enjoy Your Teens with guest Christy Davis. Christy is an amazing mom of seven, a grandmother, and a life coach who specializes in family relationships and loves teenagers as much as we do. Today we're excited to hear from Christy and learn some concrete tools that she's sharing with us on how to best enjoy these kids in this wonderful phase of life. Hello friends, welcome back. We are super excited about our episode today. We have a guest um, who is going to kind of give us a follow-up episode to our teen episode that we did a little while ago. We love talking about teenagers and we're excited to have an actual expert on teenagers here today. Um, So we're going to get some like hardcore tools for dealing with these fun kids.
2: (laughs) We can use all the help we can get with
0: teenagers, right? Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, Christy, because you have expert level experience with teenagers, we know that you must have something humorous to tell us. And we'd love to get our episodes started off with our humor segment. Do you have something for us today?
2: I actually do. I have a story that I love to tell so much, and it's about teenagers. So my this is my third teenager, and he was at the time 15. And one of his friends, they had this group of like five friends that had been best friends forever. They were so excited because Connor one of the friends just got his license so the rest of them are 15 Connor gets his license and like that weekend They come barging into the house at like nine o'clock on a friday night and they're like Hey mom, Connor's got his license. We're gonna take off and go camping tonight We're gonna and i'm like, oh, well, where are you gonna go? And they said we're gonna drive up to payson Which if you're not familiar with arizona the drive to payson is through a lot of mountains And there are a lot of accidents on that road He said, yeah, Connor just got his license this week. We're going to take off at nine o'clock on a Friday night and go to Payson and go camping. Just all of us. He thought it was the best idea ever. And I'm like, oh, uh, no, Mm -mm, no, you are not doing that. And we argued and argued about it. And I just would not give in. Like, even the other parents had said it was okay. I was not giving in on this one. And they all thought I was totally ridiculous. So anyway, I put my foot down. No, you can go camping somewhere in town, but you can't drive to Payson late at night with someone who just barely got their license. So that was me being a lame mom. They get out of my house, they all get in Connor's car and they drive, I kid you not, like two houses down the street and Connor drives off the road into an (laughs) irrigation ditch. And gets his car totally stuck in the irrigation ditch. And they all come like traipsing back to my house, like hanging their heads. And I got to call Connor's dad. I'm like, okay guys what if this had been the drive to payson and that was not a ditch but you know off the mountain a cliff yeah Yeah. (laughs) i just felt so vindicated like oh my gosh surely they are going to see that how right i was and from here on out they're going to want to listen to all my advice right no the next weekend they come barging in the door again on a friday night hey guess what we're gonna go sleep on the beach in california this weekend i'm like um no remember we're not doing that and they're like no mom Josh is going to drive and he's had his license for like six months. So you've got nothing to worry about. I'm like, oh my good heavens. <laughs> he never he never really did wrap his head around that. I'm still not sure he would agree that I was right in not letting him and his friends drive to pace him.
0: <laughs> well, apparently there were some uh, higher powers at play.
2: Thank goodness for those <laughs> <Maybe> higher
0: powers. <laughs> making him drive into that ditch instead of off a cliff. So even yeah. if he had said yes, maybe they would have been okay. He would have just driven in the, oh, in the ditch anyway. So, so funny. funny. Oh my goodness. Yes. Teens. So many adventures and exciting times um, and for a parent, terrifying times. So we are yeah. excited to, to talk about them. Um, but first, let's start with introducing you, Christy and um, your family. And let's hear a little bit about your business. Okay.
2: So my family first, I am happily married, I've been married for 25 years this year, and we have seven children. My oldest is 23. And she's married and has one baby and another one due any day now. We were just talking about that. So I'm a grandma, which is the best ever. Um, And then my youngest is nine. So I have kids kind of spread out all across those ages. I've got one in college, one who's serving as a missionary right now, one who's graduated and living at home, and then three who are like fully living at home. So I'm on my fifth teenager with one who's about to turn my sixth is going to be 13 soon. So I've had lots of experience with teenagers. Um, so that's my family. My business is I'm also a certified life coach and I consider myself a family relationships coach, um, with my specialty being in parents who are struggling with their teenagers. So that's what I coach about. Oh, so cool.
1: Wow. That is really awesome. And I'm just kind of squealing um, silently over here because (laughs) so that I don't interrupt you but I am going to be married 25 years this year also and my oldest is 22 a girl also and she is not not married yet but we have two in college and like I've got a bunch of the same ages as you're talking about but my youngest is all the way down to he just turned two so this is going to be such a fun episode I can't wait to talk Um, yeah cuz I have 9. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I I love teens. Bonnie and I just love teenagers. And it this was a surprise to me how much I love my teenagers. Yeah. And and we are so excited um that you can share with our listeners some concrete tools so that they can enjoy their teenagers too. So we're just like we're so pumped for this episode because whenever somebody says oh, the teenage years or just wait till they get to be teens. I'm just like, no, I'm an advocate for teens. I love these people.
2: (laughs) And you know, I remember when I was, I worked for my dad, he was a dentist and I worked in his office and I would overhear his conversations with his patients. And when he would say like, yeah, I have four teenagers in my house right now. And they would all say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for you. And he was always, I loved his response because he would always say, are you kidding me? I love teenagers. They're my favorite. They're so fun. And I, have made me so proud. And I generally felt that from him, that he loved hanging out with me and my friends and they all loved him, you know, because he loved them.
1: Yeah. Mm, yeah. So I want to know what made you choose coaching and, and this niche of coaching, you know, families with teens. Yeah.
2: So I I have been drawn to life coaching like even really before i knew what it was i would hear the term life coach and think that sounded really cool i wonder what i wonder what that even is or what they even do but i was so wrapped up in parenting at the time that i didn't think much of it and then um as i started to learn a little bit more about it in 2018 i started really like actively looking into it and and i learned about coach certification and i just had this thought like yeah maybe someday you know when my kids are a little further along whatever maybe someday that's something that i'll do and as soon as i had that thought i it was like a bolt of lightning struck me and it was like you know you have to do this right now this is what you are supposed to be doing right now don't wait certify right now and so
1: how just, old would your oldest child have been at that time
2: so this was not that long ago this was 2018 um so i already had kids that were out of the house my youngest was was he in kindergarten or first grade and so i was just thinking oh maybe i'll take a couple year break and then i'll you know look for a job or do something like that but i just felt really impressed that this is what i was supposed to be doing and i was supposed to be doing it right now so i mean the short answer is i feel really called to the work that i'm doing um i i also really love coaching you know, about marriage, about mothers of young kids. I just really love coaching on all sorts of relationships. I feel like that's really my strong point. I think I've chosen teenagers because of my own experience and I've had some, what I would consider difficult teenagers. And um, I know some of the stress that I went through before I had coaching tools and they've just been so valuable to me that I I don't want to watch other parents struggle unnecessarily through these years because they're such important years and they can be so fun.
0: So I guess that's why I
2: chose teenagers.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love everything you said. And Audrey and I are big life coaching fans. We're Mm -hmm. always sharing our favorite podcasts and our favorite tools um, because there's just so much power in being able to take your circumstance and make it something that that works best for you, right? And I think teenagers- are especially, um, it's especially helpful for the teen years because there's so much that we cannot control. There's so much that we have to give up and allow them to, to choose on their own. So I guess to start off, I want to ask you, um, why do you think there is this stigma about teenagers? Why do you think so many parents struggle with or are anxious about the, um, the coming teenage years?
2: Well, I think it's because of what you just said, like, because there's so much we can't control, you know, I think it's more comfortable for us when we feel like we can control the people around us. You know, when they're little, yeah, it's definitely hard, but for the most part, we can control it. We know they're not gonna make any huge mistakes. And then as they get to be teenagers, there's less and less that we can control. And so either we're terrified by that, which a lot of us, I think a lot of parents are really scared to not be in control, or they try and try to stay in control. And then when they can't control their kids, they get really frustrated and upset about it. So I think that's the, I think that's the biggest reason why this whole stage of life has such a bad rap because it's for the parents, it's a process of learning to let go of control and that can be scary and that can be hard.
1: Oh, yeah, that is, that is really good. In fact, that was like the number one tip that Bonnie and I offered um, to our audience in our episode on teenagers was that Mm -hmm. first look inward and don't project your teenage years onto your child because for all sorts of reasons that you might um, feel like you need to want or save your kids from want to change your teenagers or save your kids from going through what you went or you know what whatever the myriad of reasons is we first cautioned our audience to look inward and like apply the control that you're trying to apply on your teenager like turn it around and put it on yourself yes
2: yes yes. actually when I listened to that episode that you guys did I was saying yes out loud a lot (laughs) I just loved it
0: so good we were kind of on the right path that's good it, it's funny that you you mentioned the small children as well, because really anyone who's been a parent of a two or a three year old also knows you can't control them, but it's a lot easier to fake it, you know? Yeah. Like you can still like physically pick them up and put them in the, their room or get them dressed or yep. put them in the car exactly. or whatever. And so it's kind of like the earlier we can figure this out, the better off we're going to be, but it's really going to hit you when your kid turns 16 and yeah. wants to go drive to California.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's no more pretending that you can control right. anything. Right.
1: Yeah, they're, they're bigger than you. It's too late. Yep. <laughs> Mm, that's a cute analogy. I haven't thought about that before. <laughs>
2: yep.
1: Okay. So um, Christy, we want to know what, what do you think is a big mistake that parents make in dealing w- with a conflict with their teenagers?
2: Um, so I don't know. I don't know that there's one biggest mistake, but I'll tell you one that I see a whole lot. And, and I see this one, especially in parents who, take their roles really seriously, like they are all in on parenting and wanting to do the very best they can, which I love, right? Because we all feel the same way, like motherhood is such an important and valuable role. And yet I see parents that since they take this role so seriously of teaching and training their children, and this might sound blasphemous to say it this way, but sometimes I think parents of teenagers teach too much, like they spend too much of their time trying... (laughs) trying to lecture or nag or follow their kids around. And, you know, if, if they're making choices that the parents don't agree with, they think somehow that if they just keep telling them or just keep trying to teach them that eventually then they're going to get it when actually kind of the opposite ends up happening. So often with teenagers, (laughs) they end up just pushing away. Like, I do not want to go near mom because I know I'm going to get a lecture if I do or I know she disapproves of me. And so they end up just trying to steer clear of us or fighting back and like creating this power struggle. When sometimes if we just would back off a little bit, they would learn what they need to learn without us having to say it over and over again.
0: Wow. Yeah. Let's just drop the mic right there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I have found that to be true so often. And you know, we, we talk about how, in order to inspire uh, you know goodness and positivity we have to put out positivity yeah. and then we turn right back around and just yell and lecture all day long right. <laughs> like why do why do our kids want to be better when all we're doing is telling them what they've done wrong yep. and we're emphasizing the bad and i think nowhere is this as as um, prevalent and as important to remember as in those teenage years, because they're like, well, mom already thinks I'm terrible. and She doesn't lecture me. So right. I might as well make bad decisions. <laughs> right.
2: And the funny thing is, is first is there's like a part of us that thinks that we're doing the right thing that thinks that mm-hmm. if we don't nag enough, if we, if we don't keep after them, then we're not doing our job when it's exact, it's just exactly the opposite.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. yeah. I love that. One, one thing I have learned, and has helped me so much in um, living with teenagers is that I found my sense of humor very early on in the journey. And and that has been key.
2: That is so important. So valuable.
0: Okay. So my next question is what about the parents of young kids who have not entered the teenage years yet, um, but they really want to prepare now for really great future relationships with their teens? What can they do? Oops.
1: Bonnie, to edit that out. No, okay, (laughs) (laughs) too cute.
0: We'll keep the baby.
2: (laughs) So I think that it's a perfect time to begin your mindset shift, right? To to start shifting from "it's my job to control this person and to make sure they never make any mistakes," to start gradually shifting that mindset to "I can't wait to see who this person becomes." right because our kids already come with everything they need to be these amazing people and i like to think of, of parenting like kind of like flower gardening you know where i don't have to choose what the flower is going to look like i don't have to choose how fast it grows all i do is provide the right environment and the right conditions and then i get to watch it unfold into something amazing and unique and so i like to think of parenting that same way and the earlier we can start getting that mindset of I don't have to control every bit of this process, I can just, you know, I do my part to provide the right conditions for nurturing, and for love, and for faith, and all those things that I want to teach, and then I just get to enjoy the process of watching them become who they're going to become. So the earlier we shift that mindset, I think the more we're going to enjoy the whole
0: ride. Wow. That was awesome. <laughs> I love that analogy. Yeah. You, you don't get to choose what kind of flower they are. You just get to amend the soil and uh, provide the sunlight and the water and everything yeah. else. Oh, that's lovely.
1: I, you know what? I really can relate to that too, because looking at, I, okay, I'm just going to, like, I could give you examples for all my teenagers that I have. I have uh, four now, four and mm-hmm. one entering teenagehood this summer. So I'm almost up to five, but I, okay. So I'm just going to give you an example from one of my teenagers here. Now, She is into some really, really old fashioned stuff that Mm -hmm. I never, like if I'd have been shaping her and making choices for her, I wouldn't have chosen, but she has chosen, oh, let's say like, um, Knitting. Okay, she knits shawls and wears shawls. And then she'll go on and find these antique shawl pins and she'll put, you know, hold her shawl together that she's knitted with an antique shawl pin.
2: That's amazing. I
1: know. And this, like, I could give you so many examples of ways that she's just really old fashioned. And had I been making those choices for her, I don't think I would have thought to make those kind of choices, you know. Okay, now I'm I'm going to yeah. teach you how to knit because I think just this is going to be for you in your do. future. Yeah, but but they're the perfect choice for her, and I love that she has made them. And I just think, you know, if I'd have been making the choices, I would have missed out on this beautiful, beautiful old-fashioned part of my daughter because I wouldn't have ever thought to make this choice that's just yeah. perfect for her. Yeah,
2: I think it's such a liberating way to look at parenting. That like we don't have we don't have to know what they should love or really. what they should choose, right? We just get to support them in whatever they do love and choose.
0: Yeah. And it's so, yeah. Liberating is the perfect word. It, there, There's a lot of pressure on parents in general. Like, oh my gosh, I have to make sure that they eat right. And they exercise yeah. and they do all these things. And, and that's what I've loved so far about entering the teenage years is that I get to let go of so much because it's their decision now, you know, yes. I don't have to choose his high school classes or tell him what to be interested in or tell him what to, because he gets to choose. And sometimes I agree with his choices. Right. And sometimes I'm like, all right, good luck, buddy. you know. But I don't know what the right choice is for him. I mean, I kind of have an idea like when things aren't safe, then I step in and say, right. no, we're not going to do that. But as far as like, you know, probably 90% of what he chooses day in and day out is not a safety issue. It's totally preference. Yeah. And some of it's going to work out for him and some of it isn't. But what a freeing feeling to finally just be able to step back and go, cool. Live your life. Let's see what you come up with. It's going to be awesome.
2: It's so much more fun that way. Yeah. And, and to yeah. take the approach of, Hey, who do you want to become? And how can I support you in that? Which totally puts the ball in their court for, you know, taking responsibility for who they're going to become, but in the safety and the supported environment of, you know, a loving family.
0: Right. And then they can't blame you when they mess
1: up. Exactly. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, you chose, buddy. <laughs> So when we've taken that position and we're committed to just letting them make their choices and live their lives, sometimes it's really hard to – when they like when they ask for help or they want help. Um, for example, I've had a couple of my kids not know what they want to do with their lives, and it would be so nice if I knew – what the right choice was for them and helped them be able to choose that because that's a really hard time in your life to know what you want to do if if you have no clue. Some of my kids have known exactly what they want to do from the time they were young and then a couple of them don't have any clue. And and just to be able to help them would be so nice. But, you know, when you're committed and to letting them follow their own path and find their own way, it's <laughs> it's really hard to not be able to help them it because,
2: is hard. Yeah, cuz we think our job is always to help them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah, but when you, when you know that the most the most value in their life and yours is going to come from them making the choices. Yeah. And and the yeah. most happiness. Like if I said, "Okay, I think you should be a nurse." Okay? So go to nursing school and to and be a nurse and well, that wouldn't make them happy. And and really, it wouldn't make me happy either. Yeah.
2: And I think the most valuable thing we can do for them when they're in that place where they just wish someone would tell them because they don't know what the right answer is, the most valuable thing we can do in that situation is to just hold that space and hold confidence in them. Like, I know this is uncomfortable, but that just means that you're gonna figure out something amazing. And, Mm -hmm. And if we can show that we're not worried about it, we're not stressed about it, And we have total confidence confidence in them then it it helps them to kind of take their cues from us and have confidence in themselves
0: oh i love that you brought up the confidence thing because i've i've seen that as well it's so easy to like we were saying you know lecture or find fault with what they're doing but if the entirety of our relationship is about building them up and showing them that we have that that unwavering confidence that whatever they choose will be the right choice Mm -hmm. and they will figure it out and they'll make mistakes and it will be okay and they'll learn from it etc You just see them light up when they feel that from you, you know, instead of thinking, well, mom thinks I'm going to screw up or she doesn't she doesn't know that I'm trustworthy enough. And and, I mean, inside we can be dying going, I don't know if he's going to screw this up. (laughs) And that's totally okay. But externally to just say, son, only my boys are teenagers. That's why I keep saying boy (laughs) or daughter. You are going to do so amazing. I can't wait to see how this pans out for you. It's so powerful. right?
2: Yeah. And of course, external is a great start. But it's really valuable if we can, if we can learn to make that shift in ourselves, where we absolutely do believe in them, Mm. because then it comes out differently. You know, teenagers are pretty smart and they sense things that we don't want them to sense sometimes. Mm. And so the more we can get ourselves to that place where we actually do believe that and have so much confidence in them, the more useful we're going to be to them.
1: Oh boy. Isn't that true? Like I can tell my two-year-old when she puts on, you know, purple stripes with, uh, red floor, floor flower skirt, I can tell her, oh, honey, you look so pretty. And she believes me and walks away all, you know, confident. And yes. <laughs> she's a princess. And if I compliment one of my teenagers is like, they, you know, I get this squinty eye look like, yeah, right, mom. What do you really <laughs> think? <laughs> my nine-year-old
2: just yesterday, he, he loves to talk about his six-pack. He's really into working out. <laughs> he said something about his six-pack. And I was like, but I just love talking about your six-pack all the time. And he kind of laughed and was like, I know, right? And then just kept going. I'm like, well, <laughs> he's not picking up on the irony yet, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> oh, cute. So let's talk about that age, um, a little bit older. What would you tell parents who have those kids going just right into the teenage years and they haven't encountered conflict yet? Like what, what can they do to prepare?
2: Well, if they haven't encountered conflict, great enjoy it. And you know, honestly, I've had a couple teenagers where there just wasn't that much conflict. And so if you've got that going on, great. But keep in mind also that conflict is actually not a problem. Um, A lot of times we think as soon as our teenagers start pushing back or arguing or whatever it is that we consider conflict, um, we think that that means something's going wrong. And it, it doesn't at all. That's just part of the normal development. We want them to become independent people. And they don't do that by just following our rules and our ideas all the time. They have to start thinking for themselves and pushing back a little bit in order for them to become who they're choosing to become. And so just remember that conflict is actually not a, not really a problem. It doesn't mean something's going wrong. So you don't have to be afraid of it.
1: That's really, really awesome advice. Like conflict is a sign that Things are going right, and they're separating yeah. from you and and it is painful like for us and for them too, like if we remember our teenage years, that was painful as well,
0: but yeah. it's
1: it's the sign that things are going right they're they're growing up, they're becoming an adult, yep. and yeah, and that's that's a beautiful thing, yeah.
0: Uh, that just reminds me of your analogy of the of the flower growing. You know, if you ask the dirt, they probably think that a flower growing in their dirt is, is conflicting. Like yes. it's pushing and it's stretching and it's growing and maybe it doesn't feel very good to the dirt, you know. Yeah. Um, but that flower has got to push back in order to grow. And so, um, you know, maybe instead of conflict, we say, my, my child is experiencing some growing pains right now, you know, yeah, that's a great and, uh, training. We're figuring it out.
2: <laughs> yeah. I love that. And it's probably not comfortable to the flower either to grow. I mean, right. we all know how it feels to stretch and grow. It is uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing.
0: Right. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So let's move on to those who have some maybe more experienced teens or teens who are experiencing more of those growing pains. Um, and it feels like, it feels like drama. It feels like a problem. What would you yeah. say to those to those parents.
2: So to those parents, I would say it is possible. And this might, this might seem like wild and crazy at first, but it is possible to let your teen experience all the drama they need to or want to experience without getting sucked into it. Mm. Sometimes we think, Oh, if my teen is going through turmoil, that automatically means I have to be going through turmoil with them because of how they're behaving in the house or whatever, because of the way they're treating people. None of that has to feel like drama to me, right? We can let our teens struggle, and we can love them through the whole thing without getting caught up in their struggle with them, without going through all that drama with them. Does that like does that make sense? What do you think about that?
0: Oh yeah, I love the idea, and I, I I've been able to do it successfully a handful of times. Yeah. But, but now now you got to tell us what the, <laughs> how to do it <laughs> when you find yourself getting sucked in. Well.
2: So I like to think here's the why, because I think of it like you you may have heard this. In fact, you may have used this analogy before, but I like to remember the pilot of the airplane analogy, right? If, if the plane is experiencing turbulence and all of the passengers start freaking out and screaming, running around the cabin, whatever it is they're doing, we don't need a pilot who comes out the door and yells, everybody calm down. Oh my gosh, I can't think if you're freaking out, I need you to calm down then the pilot has just gotten all worked up and is no use to anybody, right? Mm-hmm. But we do the same thing sometimes as parents. We we project this onto our teenagers of, oh my gosh, I need you to stop being so much drama because you're causing me so much drama. And that's what, not what they need. They need a pilot who is calm and steady. And even if they're going to freak out and go through all the drama, they need us to remain calm right? And to stay focused on the issues at hand and helping to solve the problems without getting sucked into the drama. So that's the why it's important not to get sucked in. But then the how is we have to remember that other people's behaviors or actions never create our emotions, which I know it seems like they do. I seem, it seems like sometimes you know, your teenager can come in and slam the door and instantly this trigger goes off in you and you're annoyed at them for being annoyed, right? We start Mm -hmm. to mirror their emotions back to them. But the only thing that can cause drama or irritation or frustration or any of those things in us are our own thoughts. So if we learn to take control of our own mindset, then we can learn to take control of our own emotions and not, not make our teenager responsible for controlling our emotions.
0: Right. Right. Then we've get, given them the added pressure of, well, control yourself because otherwise we're all freaking out right. here with you. Right. And <laughs> so they they're going to do a
2: terrible job of that. They cannot even right. control their own emotions, let alone my emotions. It's right, too much task right. of them.
1: Yeah, that is such good advice. You know, I think the way that we said it on our episode with teens was remember that you're the adult in the situation. And I often talk about um, my 20-year vision, my husband and my 20-year vision. And so when my teenagers are parenting their teens in 20 years, what kind of example do I want to have set them? (laughs) How do I want them to parent my grandchildren when they're teens?
2: Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing that we always have control over. We've been talking about how, how much we lose control over in the teenage years, but something that we always have control over is ourselves and the way we respond to a situation. So I know it takes practice and sometimes it's hard, but we have to remember that we are responsible for those emotions and those reactions.
0: Yeah, interestingly enough, I'm, again, reminded of similarities with the toddler years, you know, (laughs) (laughs) toddlers are having the freaking out meltdowns in the cash register aisle, you know, I want the candy bar and and it's very easy to get sucked into that, but yep. more experienced parents know, no, nope, we just act the adult and we pick them up and we move on. And it's a lot harder, you know, when the teens are then pushing your buttons and they're a little bit more mature and they know just what mm-hmm. to say. Exactly, but, but very, very similar to remain the adult and to remember that you only can control one thing, and that uh, by extension, when you control your own thoughts and emotions. It, it just brings calm to the entire scenario and maybe not immediately, but they know that they can come to you for, for that stability. And, and we're
2: modeling for them because they are watching, even if they're rolling their eyes or putting their earbuds in, they are observing how we (laughs) react to Mm -hmm. them and how we handle situations like this. And so we can always bring our focus back to what am I modeling in this situation?
1: Okay. So we have one final question for you here. Yeah. Um, we want to end with what is the biggest strength that teenagers bring to their families? Help our audience see that.
2: Okay. Um, this the first thing that popped into my head was this time we went on a big tubing trip. There were a whole bunch of families from our neighborhood, and we were going to go tube the Salt River. And we had so many kids; like each mom was bringing at least five, or you know, sometimes more friends and everything. And I watched these teenage boys that had come, they were going from car to car, helping to blow up all the tubes, helping to carry things down to the river. Like they can be so helpful and so fun. Like, and I have a bunch of teenage boys right now and the amount of fun they bring into our lives is just so, it brings so much joy. If we can just relax and have a good sense of humor, they are hilarious. So I feel like that's a huge strength. Um, my girls, when they were teenagers, they were really good with their younger siblings and they made everything more fun. I would go take a nap on Sunday and I'd wake up and, you know, the older teenagers had come up with some really fun activity and involved all the kids. So sometimes, I mean, not everybody has that experience, but sometimes teenagers are so fun and, and really provide a lot of help for the family. Um, so I love that about them. If you're not having that experience, if you have a teenager that doesn't want to do those things, and I for sure had those too, even that can be a really valuable experience for the parents and the siblings. Like I'm, I'm thinking of um, a woman that I'm coaching and her teenager is really mean to all the siblings according to how she's putting it, you know, that she's just mean and not nice to anyone. And she worries that she's having to, um, Try and explain to the younger kids, like how to not get their feelings hurt. And in her mind, that was a really bad thing. Like she was worried that kids were going to get scarred or whatever. But even in that situation, that teenager was unknowingly providing a great way for those younger siblings to, to learn and to watch how their mom was handling interactions that were difficult. And it was just a great learning environment for the whole family. I've really, come to believe that um, parenting was designed the way it was, not so much for the children, but for the parents, so that we can learn to master ourselves and, and learn all the things we need to learn from parenting. So even, so yes, sometimes teenagers are fun and, and helpful and they add so much in that way. And even when they're going through rough spots, there are so much, so many things that we can learn from those kind of
1: interactions. That is such good advice. Uh, I just think that um, if we look, we find what we're looking for. So if
2: yeah,
1: if I, I'm speaking for myself. So if I'm looking for things in my teens that they're doing wrong, I find it. It's there. Absolutely. <laughs> but if I'm looking for the good that um, I find in my teenage, if I'm looking for good in my teenagers, I find that too. And then the same thing on myself, like looking at my own parenting style. If I'm looking for what I'm doing wrong in my parenting Boy, I can find that. But if I'm looking for good, I can focus on that too, and and improve myself that way as well. So true. Yeah. I've also realized that,
0: you know, each kid, just like each parent is an individual and they all have their own unique struggles and strengths. And so when I'm having a hard time with a kid to really just focus on figuring out what that child's strengths are, and they might be completely different from the sibling above them or below them, um, but to really tap into that. And if they are having a hard time to, to emphasize that and give them opportunities to show those strengths, you know, if they're the one that loves to play with the younger siblings, give them a chance to do that so that they're siblings are making them feel good about themselves, or if they're really great at, you know, helping mom out, give them opportunities for that. Um, again, to just show them that you have the utmost confidence in, in their abilities. Yeah. I love that. Well, Christy, we have loved talking to you. You are so full of wisdom. And I just, we like we said, Audrey and I love teens. So we love hearing from someone else who does as well and who loves to see the beauty in these years. And, and they're the last few years we have with our kids at home. So, you yeah. know, it makes so much sense to enjoy them.
2: Yeah, I that's one of, one of the reasons that I was drawn to you guys' this podcast is because of your positive attitude toward teenagers. I love it. You know, we're kindred spirits, I guess.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Well, Christy, can you tell our listeners where to find you if they want more information about... Making the best of those teenage years or to schedule a call with you.
2: Yeah. So probably the easiest way to find me is on Instagram, um, Christy Davis Coaching. You can find me there. I also have a website that is Christy DavisCoing.com. Um, you can find my podcast, which is called Liking the People You Love. Um, so you can find that wherever you listen to
0: podcasts. And perfect. Yeah. Lots of that's, the, that's the best podcast title, by the way. <laughs> Something we can all work <laughs> I on. Know how
2: hard that is sometimes. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Well, thank you so much. We've loved talking to you.
2: Thank you, guys. It's good to be here. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to
1: subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week.